0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's
1: Justin Garcia. All right, this one is uh, maybe the toughest loss of the season because of where it falls, what else happened today, and the fact that you watch a five-run lead against the last place team with two innings left evaporates and the brewers drop another tough one uh basically 500 now against teams with a losing record on the season 41 and 36 and this is what we've kept coming back to really for the second half of the season when you look at where it all went wrong for the brewers there's a number of things Off the field, you can point to, and I do want to get to the comments by Lorenzo Cain. But ultimately, you're going to point to that and what the Brewers have done against teams like the Cubs, the Pirates, these Colorado Rockies in this series. The Arizona Diamondbacks, teams with a losing record. Those are the teams you need to be beating up on with the Cardinals playing like they are. And the Brewers are just not doing it. They've been okay against winning teams, but they continue to stub their toe against teams with a losing record. And now, in the span of a month, you go from being in a spot where the Brewers were up four games in the Central Division to, before you know it, this margin that they trail the St. Louis Cardinals by, it's going to be double digits before the the season is over. With this loss tonight and the Cardinals win... The Brewers are eight and a half games back of the Cardinals in the Central. Heading into August, they were up four games on the Cardinals. Basically 13 games in the standings that you have lost in the span of a month. 855-616-1620 is the number to get in touch with us tonight. Craig Kishon of Bally Sports Wisconsin will join us. Plenty of time to hear from you as well, uh, your thoughts on this loss. His texts are starting to trickle in. I mentioned the comments by Lorenzo Cain, who was in town for the fantasy draft and caught up with his old teammates, but had some very poignant and interesting things to say about this season, how he feels he was valued in the organization, and a number of other things. We will get to that throughout the show uh, but again, the number to join us on tonight's program, 855-616-1620. Did this loss tonight eliminate the Brewers from the playoffs? We'll hear from you after this. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
2: 3-2, slider hit high and deep to left. This is way, way back. High up in and night, even way, way gone. Britchick, a walk-off three-run homer. His second long ball of the night.
1: Of course, a former former Cardinal Randall Britchick, sends the Brewers to another loss in uh, an incredible turn of events here in the second half of this season, as we mentioned. Uh, this team is not beating bad teams; they are twenty and fourteen now against last place teams. They can fall to twenty and fifteen tomorrow with a loss to these Colorado Rockies. and against teams with a losing record. And look, before you know it, eight and a half games is the margin in the Central Division. You went from up four to on the verge of being back ten-plus games from the red-hot St. Louis Cardinals. But for all the attention you've paid to the Padres and the Phillies, who won once again tonight in a walk-off, by the way... Brewers are two and a half games back of the Padres. They're two back in the lost column. But they're essentially three back because of the tiebreaker. Uh, the San Francisco Giants, who basically started to wave the white flag at the trade deadline, the Giants are suddenly going to be on the Brewers' heels. And you have a doubleheader against those Giants on Thursday. You cannot rule out the Giants and the suddenly resurgent Arizona Diamondbacks from catching this team that just appears to be headed nowhere. I'm not one for hyperbole, but this really felt like this was the final nail in the coffin for the Brewers tonight. To lose a game against a last-place team where you had a five-run lead with two innings left. You saw the Cardinals won tonight. We mentioned the Phillies won on a walk-off. And look, here's the other thing. We keep hearing about scoreboard watching. Scoreboard watching is irrelevant at this point. It doesn't matter what the Phillies do, what the Padres do, what the Cardinals do. The Brewers just have to win. You can't worry about what they're doing. You need to start winning. And more importantly, you need to start beating bad teams. Because we pointed to, well, you have the the stretch of the Cardinals and the Mets and the Yankees. But outside of that, there's a lot of really winnable games on the schedule for the Brewers in the second half. You had that stretch you just got through with two series against the Dodgers, the Cardinals. The bad teams are the teams that are giving the Brewers the problem. And that's why it feels like this team is just done. And we've seen this for weeks now. We've all wanted to talk ourselves into this being better than it actually is. But this team has been telling us for two, three months, we are a 500 team that is going nowhere. They are below 500 since Memorial Day when they swept a doubleheader against the Cubs it's been downhill since then. They're not beating bad teams. They're playing okay against good teams, but they're finding new ways to lose every single night. This season is over. 855-616-1620, the number to get in touch with us on the Attic at Mortgage. Talking text line a lot of interaction trickling in on the text line up by 4 late in the season that needs to be a win. There are no more there is no more room for pitchers to try out that we can't trust. Poor managed game. Uh, which pitcher should I throw? It seems like council doesn't even know who to use and when. To quote Mookie Betts, you gotta stay loose, have fun, and it seems like the Brewers are always a little tense and have been trying too hard. Maybe picking that vibe up from council. A lot of Craig Council slander starting to come in now. Uh, Dallas from the east side chimes in. Ridiculous. The Brewers find new and creative ways to lose games to sub-500 teams. What we've been saying here since the show started. No longer about will they make the playoffs. They're not worthy of making the playoffs. The Hall of Fame is full of pitchers who on a regular basis pitch well. Over 100 pitches a game. Woodruff deserved a better fate. Brandon Woodruff absolutely cruising tonight. Seven innings. It was so imperative to get that after you had another bullpen day yesterday with five from Adrian Hauser. Woodruff gave up that one blemish, allowed just two hits, gave you seven innings. He deserved much better fate than this. 91 pitches. And look, we know and we've come to accept this is how it's going to be. The days of... You know, your your top-end guys giving you 100, 120, 130 pitches. Those are gone. Those are the rarities. But it really did feel like you could have squeezed a little more out of Brandon Woodruff tonight. We've seen that a few times this season, and especially after four innings of bullpen yesterday. Brandon Woodruff deserved much better tonight. I, I don't know that you can say the same for the Brewers, though. This is what we have seen For three-plus months now. New and creative, as a texture put it, new and creative ways to lose. The Brewers have found them in spades throughout the second half of the season. Doug chimes in. Just when you think they're getting over the hump, a nightmare happens. Looking like it's not meant to be. Why would you take out Woodruff? Council's been getting a pass. He's not getting one from me. There is no excuse. Stop the momentum. Uh, Woodruff should have been in his face. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line. Mention Craig Cashon of Bally Sports Wisconsin is going to join us. And uh, also mentioned the comments from Lorenzo Kane that uh, he made to Adam McCalvey just the other day, yesterday or two days ago, back in town. We're back around the team for the team's fantasy draft. And Lorenzo Cain had quite a bit to say about the last three years, his exit from Milwaukee, and uh, what he's observed here in the second half of the season. But uh, let's head out to the phone lines and check in with Steve in Mequon. You're up on the show. How's it going?
3: Uh, well, if you're a Brewer fan, it's not going great. But I kind of was picking up on what you were just saying about Woody deserving better, and I think this team has tons of holes, starting probably with their batting as a team has just been weak all year. But what I was wondering is how many times have Burns, Peralta, and Woody gone at least six innings, given up two or fewer runs, and not gotten a win out of it? I mean, there's weaknesses all over, but I would start with the bullpen. As being their biggest
1: downfall, uh, Steve, is this team? I, I know they're mathematically not out of it, but is, is this team done? Yes, I think so. All right, one vote for done. I mean, they're not that good. <laughs> well, for three That's months now, anyway. really, yeah. Since Memorial Day, this mm-hmm. is—they have not been a good team. They've been a sub five hundred team. There are fourteen games above five hundred right. when they swept the Cubs. And it's been downhill since then. I mean, I know we're pointing to the second half because that's been the most disastrous part. But even before that, this team, sure, they had stretches where they were playing well. But by and large, they have been an average team.
3: It's exactly what you were saying before. they. I know they lost the season series to Pittsburgh. I think the Cubs as well, right? Yep. Um, if that's true, how are you going to win this and this is a really weak division. And, you know, they're not even contending in it.
1: Yeah, 11... Not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Steve. They have not been good. Um, they've been average at best. And, you know, in August, they have been really bad. Did not win a road series at all in August. You thought, okay, we're two in- innings away from saying at least we're getting our first road series win in over a month. And then the disaster strikes in the final two innings. And look, once it went to the 10th, I think everybody listening to this show, everybody watching the game, you all felt the same way. This is over. You blew a five-run lead in the final two innings of the game. And with this going to extra innings, you couldn't feel great about it. And that's exactly what we saw unfold. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Steve, another Steve. In Milwaukee, you're up on the show. How's it going?
4: How you doing? Uh, well, oddly enough, I you know you, you said that everyone agreed. I, I actually I'm calling in because I don't I don't agree or, or appreciate anything that you're saying. I'm not trying to say that um, the season hasn't gone you know the way that all of us would like it to go. Or the guys in the clubhouse. Okay, we have lost the lead. The Cardinals did pass us by, but you know listening <laughs> listening to you your tone. The the whole time that you're talking, you're talking, it sounds like your cat got run over by a car or something. The Brewers have played average baseball, but they haven't quit, okay? They have, they've won some really, you know, think about the game a couple nights ago with the two home runs uh, on the Mm -hmm. ninth. Uh, You know, they're, they're not going out and scoring zero runs or getting blown out. They've had a ton of games that we've lost by one run. We're still a few games over 500. And you made the comment that they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Well, if you look at these teams that we're battling against, the Padres didn't win a game this last weekend. The Phillies didn't win a game this last weekend. And they're losing to the same teams with bad records that you're saying that the Brewers are pathetic for losing to. The Yankees, the best team in baseball, were the worst team in all. Uh,
1: hang on, Steve. So for, you to talk
4: about our, for you to talk about our guys like they're like pathetic losers, I, I truly don't appreciate it uh and I, I think I think it's I think it's unfair because and you're also saying that's the nail in the coffin guys math it, it's not even close to the nail in the coffin so why are you Steve saying? it's done
1: you're you're gonna compare well, the Brewers okay. to a bad stretch that the Yankees had
4: I I'm no I'm not, I'm not comparing them to them I'm saying that's the reality of playing going out and playing baseball every day you're, I mean, just because the Cubs don't have a winning record doesn't mean they're a bad club. Look at the Orioles last year. They, had, they won, like, what, 40 games? They're over 500 this year. Do you, do you think that these other teams are going out and quitting and not trying hard? Just because they're – I mean, it's unrealistic, it's unrealistic to just talk and be like, those are the games you got to win. You're not wrong, but it doesn't make you a bad team because you lost a team was a losing record. The Bre- the Brewers have battled. Uh, they've they've had some injuries. You know they've had things like Freddie getting scratched and guys jumping in and you know great win yesterday. I I just there is I, I do hear some of the stuff you're saying, but you have not said one positive thing about the Brewers. And they're five games over 500. There are four Hall of Famers on that St. Louis team. And you tell me this is there anything that the Brewers could have done to prevent being passed by them based on St. Louis's record? I don't know that there is. But to be all over these guys, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not with you on that.
1: All right. I, I guess we'll agree to disagree, Steve. Um, look, you you and I agree. They, they are average. This is an average team, and this has been. For months, for more than half of the season, this has been a 500 team. They played really well in May. And they haven't been the same team since then. Is there anything they could have done to hold off the Cardinals? I mean, look, short of acquiring any bats, probably not. That team was heating up, and the -the under-the-radar moves that the Cardinals made... They made the additions they needed to make. That is the biggest difference right now. The Cardinals knew they needed to address their rotation. They went out and they got two arms to put in the rotation that gave them immediate boosts. Cardinals also underperformed earlier in the season. The Brewers needed to address their offense. Not only did they not address the offense, you broke up the strength of the team and... It appears to have an impact off the field as well, as even Lorenzo Cain got into that. So, look, I do think the Cardinals were trending in that direction, that they were going to pass the Brewers eventually. But to go from leading by four games to trailing by eight and a half in a month, that is truly absurd. It is very hard to make up five games in the span of two weeks. The Brewers did that in three weeks, where they went from up four to down five, and now the deficit is eight and a half. It's one thing to get past, but they're getting lapped by the Cardinals. And look, they haven't quit, sure. They have too many deficiencies on this team. They just don't have the manpower to contend with the Cardinals. With the Phillies, even with the slides that they're going through. With the Padres, certainly with the offense and the issues that they've had. But look around. The strength the Brewers had was their rotation and the bullpen. Games like tonight, Brandon Woodruff can give you those seven innings and the game's over because you're turning it over to Devin Williams and Josh Hader. You broke that up. There are no more strengths on this team other than Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. Some more calls to get to here. Craig Cashon of Bally Sports Wisconsin will join us as well, but the Brewers drop, look, we've said this a couple of times, but maybe their toughest loss of the season, and this is really, really starting to put things out of reach. Eight and a half back of the Cardinals, Three games back of the Padres, if you factor in the loss column and the tiebreaker that the Padres have, and it's starting to get late in the season. Eight five five six one six one six twenty, the Akinet Mortgage Talking Text Line. More after this. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
0: One zero. High fly ball down the left field line. If it's fair, it's gone. It is a fair ball, and we are tied.
1: Extra innings loss here for the Brewers, their 10th extra innings game in the second half of the season, but a five-run lead is not enough despite an excellent outing from Brandon Woodruff. Seven innings, two hits, one run, and the bullpen serves up the uh, lead, gives up the lead. In the eighth inning, and the Brewers ultimately lose in 10 to the Rockies. So the pivotal Game 3 of the series tomorrow afternoon, and then the Brewers return home for a doubleheader against the Giants on Thursday. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line to join us on tonight's show. Uh, a couple of calls to get to and texts yet, but uh, let's check in with uh, Craig Cashon of Bally Sports Wisconsin joining us now. And uh, Craig, another frustrating one for this team in the second half.
5: Well, I mean, it's just un- this one was unbelievable. I mean, this this uh, yeah, I've been doing this uh, many many years, my friend, and uh, this one this one bites about as much as any that I can remember. I mean, uh, tonight tonight was uh, a really really well played, efficient game uh, through seven and a half innings, and then uh, to have the wheels fall off. Uh, like they did is just uh i don't know it's it's just really tough to come up with an excuse whether the, you're the you're the club you're us trying to analyze it um you know you're you're some strategist or you're somebody that uh has loved this game and played this game for for decades i mean this is You know, this is a head scratcher. How how it came down to uh, them losing a six to one lead in the eighth inning like this. So um, nothing went right. That's for sure. And uh, it's just too bad Brandon Woodruff could not have gone back in for at least one more inning and and gotten the Brewers at least that much closer to securing this win.
1: Well, I guess that's the biggest thing. Is he was dominant. He gave up one run on a solo home run. Ninety one pitches. Uh, but you know, look. You also understand it's not baseball in the 90s, and the early 2000s, where it's 120 pitches that you're routinely throwing. But still, on nights like tonight, it's tough to pull the ball out of Brandon Woodruff's hands at that pitch count. And you know, knowing we got to piece together some wins here.
5: Well, yeah, that that's the thing. And I I I think you know. You can use all the numbers you want and do all the counting you want and and, uh, be careful at certain times of year, uh, you know, how players are going. But it's September. I mean, this is the time where you want to see your guys that you're counting on, your horses, the guys that they have developed for situations like this and have pitched in many situations like this the last Several years in the month of September and October, uh, take you as far as they possibly can, and um, and not look at a scoreboard that it's six to one, but it's Colorado. I mean, you you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, look how quickly that game turned around. So, um, I think that to me is is one of the most disappointing things. Is um, you know, I, we didn't see it with Adrian Hauser out on the hill the other day either. Five innings, 70 pitches, and yeah. he gets pulled. I mean, things like that. I, these are the things I think that, you know, I am a Brewer fan of, but I also work, you know, with the team, and we all want them to win and whatnot. But uh, some of these things you just got to wonder, like, where are these guys in the month of September? Where are those opportunities maybe is a better way of putting it.
1: You mentioned the Hauser outing, and that's, I guess, what's even more frustrating isn't the right word, but that's what you would point to as reason to, to keep Woodruff in there and at least see if you can get eight innings out of him or let him start the eighth inning was you know not only Hauser lasting the five innings yesterday, but you look at the guys that you would have used in a situation here and that ultimately one of them you did, but you know the big, the new back end of your bullpen... Taylor Rogers, Devin Williams—they all pitched yesterday. Brad Boxberger pitched between those three guys. It was over seventy pitches through three innings, so it's asking a lot. You could tell Craig Council didn't really want to have to. It came down to, well, I'm going to need to use one of them in the tenth, and it's it's got to be Taylor Rogers.
5: Yeah, and that's—I mean—that's the thing, man. You, you just—you uh, know—you don't necessarily put your back to the wall, but there are. I mean, this game sometimes dictates it, and you can't expect it, and you have to react to it, and and you you have no choice to do some things sometimes. But you know that that's where I say you know go for the win while you have the win in your hands, and and leave the ball in your players' best hands, and and not mess with it. Um, and so I think that's probably the you know the most frustrating thing here right now for everybody is you know it, it shouldn't come down to you know uh Taylor Rogers having to pitch in that game after a really rough outing yesterday I mean you know we we've got Tim Dillard down with I'm working with him on the TV side here this week and you know he's pitched at uh, he's pitched in Denver he pitched for the Brewers AAA team in Colorado Springs but you know he brings up a really good point and has a couple of times when you're a major league player going into Denver one time a year uh, and in your pitching it's tough to get back out there that second day the recovery time is much different and you know i i know these are major leaguers and whatnot but that that's part of it too and i'm not sure rogers stood a chance in that in that 10th inning tonight and it didn't didn't look like it yeah. unfortunately
1: Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the acunet mortgage talk and text line the brewers Drop a tough one in extra innings to the Rockies. We've got more after this. It's Brewers extra innings on WTMJ. Two one pitch. High
0: fly ball deep right field. Tolia's back at the track third deck. An absolute blast off the bat of Christian Yelich for
1: his twelfth home run of the season. Lead-off home run there for Christian Yelich to put the Brewers on the board first. The offense was not an issue in the early going. It was the bullpen and the eighth inning that was the problem for the Brewers as they lose in walk-off fashion to the Rockies 10-7 to and wrap up the series tomorrow afternoon. Craig Kishon of Bally Sports Wisconsin joining us now on uh, Brewers Extra Innings here. And uh, Craig, I guess... Other than Brandon Woodruff, the positives from tonight's game, Christian Yelich continuing to be a much, much different uh, offensive player since being moved into the leadoff spot, and uh, Willie Adamas with some nice plays in the field and some big at-bats in this one as well. So those were your positives from tonight's one.
5: Yep, and you're looking for veterans to step up at this time of year, like we were saying, uh, you know, we were talking about pitching in the last segment, uh, Justin. And you know, the thing about Christian Yelich is, I mean, who would think that Christian Yelich this year would would have the longest home run of the yeah. majors? I mean, that's that's a stunning, stunning thing. However, you gotta admit the the his last what, three or four home runs uh are absolute mammoth shots. yeah I mean whether you're going whether he's going oppo left or or he's pulling it in the gap whatever it is I mean this guy's hitting some some mammoth mammoth home runs so uh, he's getting dialed in which is good and and even that last out uh, he had uh, his last at bat when he uh, lined out the third the other way. he's hitting the ball square. Sometimes they're at guys and sometimes they're over the fence or in the third deck. So, really positive uh, signs for sure. And then Adamus is, uh, you know, today at the plate, he had a a big game at the plate. He had a couple of doubles that delivered RBIs. Um, He had a single and a walk as well. Uh, His glove and his arm uh, are really something to watch. I mean, this guy is a player, he's a leader. Um, the The play that he made over his shoulder earlier in the game tonight that catch out in shallow center uh, was phenomenal. I mean he's just a joy to watch. big smile on his face. we know that, but to enjoy the game the way he does and to be his top level performer um, is really something to see for sure.
1: Yeah, and um, especially the plays that Willie Adamas made in the field that, you know, those were just as big as the late at-bats that he had in this one. But the point you made on Christian Yelich, and you and I have talked about it, I'm not, you know, everybody else has made this point as well, but Christian Yelich may not be what you expected him to be when you signed him to the extension, but nonetheless... He's found a way to be a productive offensive player. And if he's not a 30 30 guy anymore, if he's this guy that's setting the table and getting on base and scoring runs, it's still valuable to an offense that, frankly, needs as many valuable bats as they can find at this point.
5: Right. And, and we're talking about a guy that's, uh, you know, in, in dire need of a two year comeback. Uh, you know, the pandemic is was a wipeout. Last year, he couldn't stay healthy for, for much of the year and missed a, a chunk of games on the front end of the season. Uh, but we're seeing a healthier Kristen Yelich all season long. Um, I mean, he's you know he's the guy that basically you can pencil into the lineup every day. And earlier this year, he just wasn't as productive. He was healthy. And now um, he's been much more healthier here in the last couple of months and being in that leadoff spot. Somebody has to lead off and do it on a productive level, and, and he certainly has not disappointed from that standpoint. And if this is the, you know, he's still in his 20s, if this is the first of, you know, his steps of getting back uh, to somewhere close where, you know, he was back in 18 and 19, great. I mean, better to have him take the steps that he's taking now and proving when he's healthy he's going to be a a productive Major League Baseball player, and the guy knows what he's doing. So, um, you know, uh, I'll I'll take those over, well, this guy's done, you know, uh, something happened to him, and he's never going to be the player he was before. He can still show signs of that. He has, I I think, really for the last two or three
6: months.
1: Yeah, and and again, he's scoring runs, and he's getting on base, which, to your point, you got to make the comeback. You know, you got to start that comeback at some point. So just start to piece together those stretches and those seasons, and that, that's you know what we talked about coming out of the All Star break was if these guys play to the back of the baseball card and give you what you expect, the offense it becomes certain, suddenly different. And you look at a guy like Hunter Renfro and what he's done in the second half, uh, what you've gotten from Keston Hira and Christian Yelich and what he's done now the last couple of months. So those are big pieces. But you just keep coming back to, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago. This is not a game you lose because you get seven innings from Brandon Woodruff, and you know you got Devin Williams and Josh Hader. But this is the version of the Brewers that they are now. So you no longer have that guaranteed eight nine lockdown. It, it, you just need to find ways to get through this. And, and I know this was a difficult spot to have the four innings of bullpen yesterday. But as you pointed to it's September and these are games that you you just can't lose that the fact that we're here in the first week of September talking about it's it's been since the Red Sox series that this team won a series on the road.
5: yeah, pretty incredible really. and you know here here's the problem with everything that you just said and what this team is going through right now you you shouldn't be going through trying to find yourself at this point of the season. Um, And and I'm saying that because it's obviously the most difficult time of the season. Right now in in September and going into October, you you should be, you should be, uh, you know, igniting a a big move. And to still be in somewhat discovery mode, uh, you know, the offense we know can be quiet at times. But, boy, oh, boy, that bullpen uh, right now is, is having a difficult time. Uh, there's no question about it. That's that's saying – that's putting it pretty mildly. But you shouldn't be having to go through these steps here right now of trying to find out how we're going to piece things together. Um, you know that and that's the biggest problem this team is going through here right now and and i don't know if they're you know i don't know if it's going to be solved or not i mean you know i i knew it was going to be difficult justin for this team to put winning streaks together but i mean there's also no reason you shouldn't be able to put a winning streak together here right now unless you can't close out games um and so that's i think that's what we're seeing a lot of here right now and then you got to score runs to win these, some of these games too when it's you know 2 to 1 or 3 to 2 you know you got to be winning some of these games late like they're losing some of these games late
1: that's the biggest thing to me is and look i'm not saying you have to go undefeated against losing teams but we've talked about throughout the season this team has played very well against the best teams in baseball and especially teams in the American League but it's their record against losing teams and, and last place teams that's going to be the issue for this team and they're at the point now where you have to take two of three in every single one of those series you can't lose this series to the Rockies
5: no you can't and they've they've already you know since the trade and and uh, what you had mentioned too about not not winning on the road a series on the road since Boston that was back in July um i mean this this is the time where you, you got to figure out a way to turn it around and um you know you've got the cubs and the pirates and the reds and the rockies you know you had the Diamondbacks. i mean they they took it to the brewers in that four game series let's face it and yeah you can say they're they're having a good stretch right now that's very true but you still got to figure out a way where where you don't lose three out of four where you at least split those four game series on the road and then you got to go to colorado they got to win tomorrow and quite frankly they almost have to beat the giants on those two games uh, coming up on on thursday they got to figure out a way to get in there and and beat these teams this is a this is a heck of a week as it's turning out uh, when it comes to either starting pitching and or elite pitching here right now, and to score seven runs and to still lose, I mean, we've we've seen too much of that lately. Uh, that's the unfortunate part.
1: Heck of a week, and uh, especially when you you factor in next week is where you got the Cardinals and the Yankees Mets series, and before you know it, the Cardinals again. So it's a very very big stretch that the Brewers find themselves in. It's Craig Kishon of Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Craig, always good to catch up with you.
5: You got it, pal. Have a good one.
1: You as well. Ten to seven final. The Brewers lose to the Rockies in Colorado. Let's squeeze in one call here before we step aside. Charlie's been waiting for a while. You're up next, Charlie.
6: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, uh, Obviously, Craig Council is a very, very good manager. Uh, The last several years proved that, but this year seems different, and it hasn't been the best year. And I think, I don't know, the only thing I see different is the DH. It just seems like he's... Cut and dry. He goes by the book a lot. He doesn't go by, um, the, his gut sometimes. Um, this, baseball is a crazy game. But this was really, really a, a punch to the gut tonight. Uh, but I was going to make a quick comment on Lorenzo Kane and then I'll let you go. Uh, or I'll listen on the radio. But, um, I love Lorenzo Cain, his attitude and leadership, but I'm kind of hurt by his comments. Uh, A couple years ago, he opted out with the COVID, which was his choice. But I think there was only three or four in all of Major League Baseball that did it. And the Brewers, you know, said that was his choice. Um, And they also gave him a five-year contract. I think everyone knew that fifth year was going to be tough. Um, He himself admitted that he was totally lost at the plate this year. And don't forget the Brewers' management gave him that 10-year before they released him. They waited Two three weeks, basically. So ten years play, to give them the ten years, yeah, yeah, and a tremendous pension program. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's got to be careful there because they they did a lot to help him. I think in that regard, and I still like him as a person and a player, but that kind of hurts. Thank you.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. Thanks for the call, Charlie. And I do want to get to the Lorenzo Cain um, comments because it, it did kind of catch you off guard that we heard from Eric Lauer. We heard from Christian Yelich on the other side of things. You heard from Brandon Woodruff when that move immediately went down. Uh, But it was a little surprising to hear from Lorenzo Cain not only about the Josh Hader move, but about how he perceived the last three years and specifically his departure from the Brewers. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A lot more texts to get to, and uh, still about 30 minutes left on the show. We'll hear from Craig Council as well, but a tough loss for the Brewers, 10-7. to 7, They fall to the Rockies. It is an absolute must-win game tomorrow, and to Craig Cashon's point, it's almost to the point where you have to win tomorrow and you have to sweep the doubleheader against the Giants because of what's in front of you Starting next week with that stretch of eight straight games against the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Yankees. 855 6 1620 More after this, it's Brewers Extra innings on WTMJ.
0: He'd give it up just one run or less. Here's a high fly ball out to center. Quitchicks back at the track at the
1: wall, and it is gone. Renfro gets one out of here. Punch at Renfro with a two-run home run after the Christian Yelich solo homer to spot them an early three-run lead. It was a five-run lead in the eighth, but the Brewers' bullpen would serve up five in that eighth inning, and they ultimately lose in walk-off fashion 10-7 to in 10 innings in Colorado. A tremendous outing by Brandon Woodruff. All for naught. And uh, that is what Craig Council started with here as we hear from the Brewer Skipper.
7: You know, we're going out there seven innings here. He's, he did a heck of a job, pitched a heck of a game. Um, you know, he put us in a good spot to win the game, great spot to win the game. Um, so went to Louie, and it happened fast, obviously. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, it was just uh, just nothing good happened after that frankly
0: in the in the times you know both teams like ambush first pitch and score right away I mean how does that change kind of how it sets up the rest of the inning
7: yeah I mean you know I mean I think when you score one run in the extra innings it's it's you know you're you're kind of held serve almost that's about it right um, especially in a place like this so you know I mean I you know, it's it's like a to tie, tie game with a man on second. It's and so you gotta you gotta work your way out of it. Um, unfortunately, we weren't were not able to do that.
2: Did he really do anything wrong on that play at third base? Or no, he
7: did, did everything you know, right. He did really everything exactly way. right. Yeah, we're going on contact, but if it's a hard hit ground ball, you, you, you get getting a rundown, and you know, you, the throw being in the dirt. You know, what are you, you going to do? The, the point is, you get a still man in scoring position with two outs, and you're really in the same same situation.
0: What about the job Peter did? For
7: yeah, I mean, you know, I thought Peter threw the ball really well. Unfortunately, he left the slider up, um, but other than that, he you know, he threw the ball really well and gave us gave us two innings of two innings outs, or, or five outs. I'm sorry. Um,
2: going back to Woody a little bit, uh, what, what was working so well for him tonight?
7: I mean I, I, everything I mean you pitch like that everything's working uh, tons of strikes um, off speed stuff was the slider was good with all the righties in the lineup um, so he just you know he he controlled it really well and um, you know was, was sharp every inning really
2: the defense behind him was really good tonight too you know Willie
7: had that great play yeah Willie's had a heck of a series defensively he's played incredible rowdy had a nice play um so definitely, um, you know, helped him out for sure. Do you
0: think Christian
7: had 4.99 in there? Yeah, I mean, I've I've never seen a ball hit up there in a game. So that was, it was pretty amazing.
2: Kelton, uh, anything?
7: Uh, just, he's got some, uh, just left, uh, left knee is bothering him. Um, just having a hard time kind of sitting in it when he was hitting. So. Um, It's day-to-day. Is that
6: something that was like the case before the game started, or did something trigger
7: it? Just September. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right, Craig Council, after uh, the loss tonight, and you heard the first question there about um, Brandon Woodruff, um, obviously happy with everything he got from him, and uh, put him in a position to win But uh, it's the thing that you would cling to from this one is one more inning from Woodruff. Absolutely locked in. One solo homer that he gave up. It was one of two hits he allowed. And to watch the bullpen immediately give up the lead as soon as Woodruff exits makes this one sting even more. 10-7 to in 10 innings, the Brewers lose to the Colorado Rockies. A lot of texts trickling in. Not exactly thrilled with the tone of this show. We will get to those. Still time to hear from you as well. Eight five five six one six one six twenty 616 1620 is the number to reach us. And I do want to touch on those comments uh, we heard a caller bring up about Lorenzo Kane that he made. We'll get to that as well and the highlights from this one a lot to unpack from that. Before we do that, though, um, let's uh, let's do this. 855 616 1-6-20. Let's just get into the comments from Lorenzo Kane. So Lorenzo Kane was back with the team for their fantasy draft and um, spoke with Adam McKelvey about a lot of things. What he's been up to in his, what, two months, three months now that he's uh, he's been a retired baseball player, essentially. Uh, the exit, the last three years, and what he's observed with this Brewers team now, specifically within the last month. But um, he had a lot of interesting things to say. And, you know, I think the one thing that we heard brought up earlier is look, Lorenzo Kane was a guy that played, what, five games, I think, in 2020? And then opted out of the season, which was his choice and every player's choice on the COVID year. But Lorenzo Kane asked about his exit from the Brewers in, what, mid-June, which the other point brought up of that was the date where he needed 10 years of service time. So you can't paint the Brewers as the ultimate villain in this scenario. Not saying that's what Lorenzo Cain was doing, but I think it's very easy to read into this and say, man, Lorenzo Cain, a scathing review of Brewers' ownership or leadership, and he's really unloading on him. But let's also keep in mind the Brewers did Lorenzo Cain a big solid to give him those 10 years of service time. Uh, But saying it is what it is, I love it when players and anyone says that. It is what it is. That's one of the reasons we kind of parted ways. I honestly feel like I never got that respect as a veteran, as a leader on this team, from certain coaches and certain upper management. That's mostly why we parted ways when we did. What do you take from that? 855-616-1620. Now, look, I take it as, I'm sure, based off that, Lorenzo Cain, when a veteran player says, I'm not getting the respect I deserve as a veteran, as a leader on this team, It's always interesting when you anoint yourself a leader. And Lorenzo Cain likely was one of the leaders in that clubhouse. He's a guy that had a World Series ring. He's a guy that had been through with Milwaukee earlier prior to that World Series, come up through their organization. He's a guy that was one of the longest tenured players in the league on the Brewers roster. He's a guy that was a very, very big part of those postseason runs. 2018, 2019, think of the moments Lorenzo Kane added there. Uh, but when you read into that and you see him saying, I wasn't getting the respect I deserved as a veteran, as a leader on the team, we butted heads. That's mostly why we didn't say we butted heads, but from coaches and upper management. That's mostly why we parted ways when we did. You kind of interpret it as you're not productive right now It seems like there's some type of issue here where you don't feel you're respected or getting what you should be getting. Maybe the Brewers viewed it as, I don't know why you're expecting this when this is the production level you're getting, but what you ultimately come back to is, look, you parted ways when you did, and this was very clear leading up to, him being DFA'd. You parted ways when you did because the Brewers were were doing you that solid. So that is the one area where you can't side against the Brewers with how they handled this. They gave Lorenzo Cain that. Here's your 10 years of service time. You get the pension. We know you're not productive. He admitted as much as well in, in a few other quotes in this story. It's not working out, but we'll let you get those 10 years and you're set for the rest of your life. I, it wasn't about playing every day because I know I was struggling a little bit. This goes back to not only this year, but years and years. It's been three years where I felt this way. I think when you mess around with that, when you're supposed to be the leader of the team, there it is again, the veteran in the clubhouse, and you don't get that respect that you feel you should get as a leader and a veteran I think that makes it harder for me to lead and for certain guys to also lead. Ultimately, it shows up in a big way when you go out there and uh, play on the field. I think this isn't so much Lorenzo Kane talking about himself. It's Lorenzo Kane talking about how he perceives everything we've talked about in the past how the Brewers handle veterans, that this is Lorenzo Kane saying, here's my opportunity to say, look, the Brewers did do me a solid. They kept me around until mid-June. I was able to hit my 10 years of service time. I maybe didn't feel like my voice was heard at all times, but this is my chance to say, look, we didn't exactly embrace veterans. We didn't go out of our way to retain guys like the Wade Miley's. Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis, Manny Pina. Think about all the guys in the last couple of years. The revolving door, especially on the offensive side, of players that have come through. And discarded is a strong word to use, but just not retained. And I think that's what Lorenzo Cain was doing. Is This is my opportunity to say, look, I don't think... This organization is valuing those guys, that we're just cycling through and saying when your contract is up or when it's getting to that point, we're not going to pay you. We're going to bring in somebody that's cheaper. And I think the one area where Lorenzo Kane has a leg to stand on, if the Brewers would have moved on from Lorenzo Kane, and I understand why this wasn't the timeline of events. But if the Brewers would have moved on from Lorenzo Cain and said, it's Garrett Mitchell time. Sal Freelich, we're going to call up. If they waited a little longer, and I know he wasn't on the roster, and who knows in an alternate universe if he would have ever been on the roster, and I know he wasn't there at the time, but Estee Ruiz, if it would have been somebody like that of, all right, we're moving on, and this young guy, he's taken over. It was Jonathan Davis that you DFA'd Lorenzo Cain for to say, okay, this is the guy we're going to rely on. That's the one area where you say, well, I don't know. We couldn't have held on to him for another couple of weeks. See, if maybe he's admitted the struggles were there. He was batting sub 200. Maybe he'll start to piece something together here. And if not, then we move on to one of these young guys. But the fact that you moved on from him for Jonathan Davis... That's where it kind of gets to be a head-scratcher. wait on the Josh Hader deal and how it impacts the clubhouse. You go through rough times. You need certain guys to keep guys going. I think it's, that's one of the reasons it's been a struggle to get guys out of the funk. When you get rid of certain guys, when you start messing with the chemistry of the clubhouse, it affects everybody. It's happening right now. Hopefully they can turn it around. Because you can see it's been weird. Something is off for sure. So, very interesting comments that I don't think we expected to hear, at least at this time, from Lorenzo Cain on his exit, as he said, the last three years in Milwaukee. And as we mentioned, those are the names. When you look at the last three years and the guys that have left, Orlando Arcia. And look, you go back to when that trade was made, Luis Urias was starting to come into his own. So you understand that. What was the return for Orlando Arceo, who's been a pretty nice piece for the Braves? Essentially nothing. Jesus Aguiar, essentially nothing as well. The three years comment was the interesting part there from Lorenzo Kane. 855 616 1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. Ten to seven loss in extra innings. A lot to unpack in the highlights. We'll hear them after this. It's Brewer's Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This Get up! and this. Get out of here!
0: Go! Time for tonight's Highlights. Here's Justin Garcia.
1: A ten to seven loss in ten innings for the Brewers out in Colorado against the Rockies. Let's go ahead and get to the highlights from this tough one to digest. And it started with a blast for the Brewers. You could not have scripted a better start as Christian Yelich led things off with his fourth career leadoff home run. Two one pitch, high
0: fly ball, deep right field. Tolia's back at the track, third deck. An absolute blast off the bat of Christian Yelich for his 12th home
1: run of the season. Fourth career leadoff homer, and the longest home run in the major leagues this season belongs to Christian Yelich. Willie Adamas would follow with a walk, and one batter later, Hunter Renfro adds to the lead. He'd given up just one run or less. Here's a high fly ball out to center. Grichik's
0: back at the track, at the wall, and it is gone!
1: Renfro gets one out of here. Brandon Woodruff was completely locked in as he would retire the first seven batters he faced for a Montero solo home run. Put the Rockies on the scoreboard in the third. But the Brewers would get that run back and then some in the fourth.
2: 0-1 hit high and deep to right. Backing up on Atolia. He's got... Going to look it up and that ball hits off the top of the fence. Two runs are going to score as that one caroms all the way back halfway to the infield. And Omar Narvaez chugs into second base with a two-run double.
1: Yeah, the Brewers would keep adding to that lead in the seventh when Willie Adamas would drive in Garrett Mitchell. Pitch. Line
2: drive, pulled into the gap in left center field, and that one down for a base hit. Mitchell rounding third, he'll score. Daza cut it off, but Adamas speeds his way safely into second
1: base. Brandon Woodruff would send the Rockies down in order in their half of the seventh, and that would end his day. He allowed just two hits and struck out five, leaving with a 6-1 to lead. But that lead would be gone in the blink of an eye. Perdomo's pitch. High fly ball out to center. Mitchell racing back onto the warning track at the wall. He leaps up. Oh, it got out of here. Yeah, that made it a one-run game. The Rockies were not done yet. The big blow coming from Daza, prompting Craig Council to summon Peter Strzelecki, but he wouldn't fare much better. The 1-0.
0: High fly ball down the left field line. If it's fair, it's gone. It is a
1: fair ball, and we are tied. Just like that, the lead was gone, but the Brewers would pick themselves up off the mat They'd send this game to extra innings where Willie Adamas came up big once again. First pitch
2: hit in the air to left center field. Into the gap it goes. That'll split Daza and Grichik. It bounces all the way to the fence. Yelich, the automatic runner, motoring around third, no throw to the plate.
1: We would see both the Brewers and the Rockies start things off with a blast in the 10th. There it's the Willie Adamas double. The Brewers would plate no more still taking the lead into the bottom of the tenth. Rockies would quickly tie the game. Daza once again with a leadoff double to tie the score at seven. They would put two more on base, and Charlie Blackman and, Will, and C.J. Crone bringing Randall Gritchik to the plate.
2: 3-2, slider hit high and deep to left. This is way, way back. High up in the night, way, way gone. Gritschik a walk-off three-run homer, his second long ball of the
1: night. The Randall Gritschik walk-off evens this series at a game apiece, ten to seven final in ten innings. The Rockies take Game Two from the Brewers. Series wraps up tomorrow, and then you got a doubleheader against the San Francisco Giants on Thursday. And we talked about this with uh, Craig Kashawn. You got to win tomorrow. You're at the point in the season, it's September. You got to win two of three in these series that you're in. You got to win the series, period, but you got to win two of three in these. Next week, it gets incredibly difficult. And look, the Brewers have played very well against teams, good teams. You look at the teams in. 500 or better in the American League. The Brewers are 11-3 and 3 against those teams. The Rays, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Twins. 19-25 and 25 against the, uh, the 500 or better teams in the American League. They fared really well against the American League. National League has been the issues. 19-25 and 25 there. But next week, that's all you got. Three against the Yankees. Three against the Mets. Two against the Cardinals. You can't continue to dig a hole. And there's an update on the scoreboard out west we'll get to momentarily. Before we do any of that, though, let's sneak in another call here. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line. Chad, speaking of the West Coast, out in L.A., you're on Brewers Extra Innings.
8: Hey, hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, yeah, The Brewers post game's great. Some really intelligent uh, fans out there. So you asked for the take on the the Kane situation, and you know to sum him up, he was up in the Appleton Foxes, and in the newspaper all the time as the top prospect. And then they traded him, so he's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame, but they had to DFA him just because he just was looking completely lost up at the plate, and uh, so you have to take the chance at one of the young guys and give him a shot and think. If I could sum up what happened with Kane, though, is that he was super great, like continuing his Hall of Fame with the Brewers. But then he started to get really banged up in the leg. And uh, he had a knee injury. I remember one time he slid into home plate and he got up and he was limping and he hit the, he hit the disabled list for a a while. And then I think that kind of continued the end of that season. And then COVID hit. So maybe he was going, my knee is not ready to go. I'm not as fast. To me, he looked slower when he came back this year. He just looked a little bit slower in the legs, and that was always his big strength throughout his career. It was uh, the running. and But even at the plate, that leg might have been affecting him because he just looked 100% different this year than he had in the past. So the DFA, I mean, I was thinking about it two weeks before they did it. I was looking at him, just going, this guy doesn't look like he's tracking the ball well at all. He's just taking a big cut and kind of falling down at the plate. So I think they had no choice. They could have kept him as a fourth outfielder, but, you know, he's not going to want to do that. So,
1: Well, and he's 36 years old, too, that, you know, it was a matter of time before he was going to start to slow down and all that. And I, I think, to your point, they... They did him a big solid to make sure he reached the date where it was 10 years of service time. And I'm sure part of that, too, was, was you know, maybe he'll start to turn this around. And he was their fourth outfielder. He would play against lefties, but he was their fourth. You were really expecting him. And we saw big things early in the season from Tyrone Taylor that offset those struggles from Lorenzo Cain. Um, so I, I think they they held out as long as they could, and they did him a solid it's just, if, if you're Lorenzo Kane, I'm sure what he's looking at and saying this is, I've seen a lot of veterans that we acquired uh, during the season at the deadline that were productive, that spent half a season or a season and weren't retained and moved on, and this is my chance to say, look, this is how this team was operated, and I think they should have given other guys a chance or, or paid to keep guys like Grandal and Moustakis and whoever it is. The list that goes on for, as he pointed to, the last three years. I think that's mostly what Lorenzo Cain was doing here, was saying, look, this team just isn't retaining veterans, and they're trying to cycle through these young guys and bringing these guys up. And it's probably the other part. I know he's not your everyday guy, but if you're Lorenzo Cain and you look at it and you say, well, you're DFAing me for, to, to make room for Jonathan Davis versus one of these other guys. That's probably what he was lashing out at more than anything, is seeing veterans move on and, and seemingly every year saying, well, let's, let's you know, I'm not going to say on the cheap, but let's go in and, and bring somebody else in that maybe doesn't cost quite as much. That three years, as he put it, of that was probably here's my chance to say something.
8: Yeah, I would agree. Um, the, the, the news report that I read, it was uh text and they had it broken down into four sections of things that he said, what think he said specifically, which one was like the, I remember one of them, the quotes was like the more sharp of a dig. And I couldn't remember if you picked up on something with that, that one of the quotes was a little bit sharper than the other ones. I thought, but it was kind of strange to have him back up there and and doing that anyway.
1: Yeah, it, it was, it was very, it it was, it was certainly strange timing. Thanks for the call. Yeah, we're kind of up against the clock here. Um, but basically to me, the, the most pointed things he had to say was the three year reference and how he didn't feel his voice was heard as a veteran. That was the big takeaway there, um, from what Lorenzo Keane had to say. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage talking text line, a few, a ch- uh, few texts trickling in about uh, Lorenzo Cain, but you heard during the highlights the Christian Yelich bomb. Longest home run of the season. Not for the Brewers, for a Major League Baseball player. The longest home run of the season, hit by Christian Yelich earlier tonight. He rings the bell once again on a home run today. And even when it's not red kettle season, you can still help the Salvation Army step up to the plate with love beyond the bases, this baseball season, donate now at ring the bell, and ring the bell at samilwaukee.org. Brewers fall to the Rockies in extra innings, 10-7. to 7. More after this, Brewers extra innings on WTMJ. All right, the Brewers lose on a walk-off in Colorado, 10-7 to 7 to the Rockies. They wrap up the series tomorrow afternoon. The Phillies won on a walk-off. And, um, unfortunately, we had a texter, Soto and Machado strike out, and the D-backs take the lead into the ninth. Padres' awesome offense can't win a game until they did. The Padres also winning on a walk-off in the ninth inning, so both the Phillies and the Padres win and the Brewers lose. Cardinals also win. Uh, The deficit is certainly mounting now for the Brewers, who are 39-45 and since Memorial Day after this loss tonight. They wrap up this series with the Rockies tomorrow. It is a must-win game tomorrow afternoon. Then you return home for a doubleheader against the Giants. First pitch tomorrow's at 210. Our coverage will begin at 130. You've been listening to Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.